Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sitting down with us here on the home of the Cowboys here with Sean, RJ, and Bobby in the A number one air hot seat. The Dallas Cowboy legend, Daryl. You guys Moose. told me that Moose. Moose. I'm sure that doesn't get old whatsoever. <laughs> Moose Johnston on 105.3 The Fan. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Well, we're kind of embarrassed. Every year we come here and, you know, we're previewing mock drafts and oh, right. not talking about <laughs> yeah. America's team playing this game. So my, here po- we, my apologies. Here we are again. we got to put up with it from all yeah, know, these right? Philadelphia and all these other stations. Well, they're not here, up. right? You know, they, I don't they, see they don't got anything to talk about this year. That's they're, true. They're sinking like a stone at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, that's us. We're nobodies. How do you deal with it when they're like, how about them Cowboys, Moose? We still got five. We still got five. (laughs) So, I mean, you got to start there. Yeah. So that that quiets a lot of the conversation down. There's a few teams that can continue to banter. Right. But that eliminates about, what, 27 teams? Yeah. So, you know, pipe down. And then (laughs) uh, it it just, it's been hard. It, I don't know why they can't get over the hump. Um, You know, I know the expectations were high coming into the year, uh, the way they were playing at the end of the season. Uh, you know, what are we, three consecutive 12-5 and five seasons uh, or 12-win seasons yeah. and, and still not getting beyond the divisional round um, is, is very frustrating. Uh, but for me, what I saw against Green Bay was really just a team whose big players didn't play big in the big moment. And that was not – everybody went to Dak Prescott, but that – and what was going on with him and CeeDee Lamb, that was not a sack in that game against Green Bay. And, and we had Green Bay. Now, that offensive line got better during the course of the year. But there's no way they should have kept them without a sack during the course of the game. Micah Parsons disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they got after him up front, ran the ball effectively. That was always the big thing. I, I, when you talk about box count, it's not always, you know, you, you'll see us on TV doing the game. And we're like, oh, they got a, you know, it's, they're, 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 they're light in the box. You know, it's, it's six versus five. Well, sometimes it can be six versus six. But when it's six smaller guys, yeah, that's a light box. Yeah. And I think that that's where Dallas gets themselves in trouble a little bit. Uh, they've got great athletes that are physical that aren't big, but if you come out and you're just going to do that time after time after time, eventually you're going to break you're going to break them down. I want to ask you about like we're having these DAC conversations about you know, clutch, and we always argue on the show is that actually a thing, right? On the free throw line or the big putt? Did you play with guys or against guys where you felt like when the playoffs started? that they would shrink or they would raise their game? Is playoff clutchness an actual thing with all your playoff experience? I think clutch is clutch. It's just a, it, it's what stage are you on. 
um, let's say you drop a touchdown catch in the end of September and your team loses that game and then you miss the playoffs by one game. Right. Wasn't that clutch? So something that you might not have thought was important or we can we can learn from that experience, mm. you don't have that opportunity in the playoffs. It's one and done. So it's just the finality of the playoffs that, right. that increases the pressure on it. Um, so clutch should be all the time. And that way it, it, it doesn't become something that's surprising or something that's exclusive. If you're a 95% free throw shooter and you're making free throws all the time to win games and then you miss at the end, you know, is, is that because you weren't clutch or you just missed a free throw? Right. So it, it, I think the kickers always, right, they right. get all the blame, right? You miss a kick at the end of the game. Oh, my God, you know, we got to get a new kicker. Well, I'll give you five plays leading up to that kick that there's some other guys that need to own that responsibility right. as well. So I, I think clutch is just it, it's something that, that gets a lot of attention because of the finality of the playoffs. But to me, it's about the team. And that's where Dallas just seems to be a little bit out of sync. For, for us, when we played and we were winning championships, our teams were strong. I mean, the, the bond. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we were beyond teammates. You know, I mean, we were good friends. And, you know, th- that was what made us unique. One of the things that I saw in the Green Bay game is when Jair Alexander pushed CeeDee Lamb and there was no response. Yeah. That's when I was like, could you imagine pushing Michael Irvin in that situation? And what would have happened? Alvin Harper? Uh, we walked out of the field at the San Francisco championship game in 92. I walked onto the field to an all-out war between the San Francisco DBs uh, or the San Francisco wide receivers and our DBs. They were fighting pregame. So because you, you, you talk about you know, in the contract of the game and when the clutch happens – Dak's been getting off to slow starts in these games. Like, he'll have not even 90 yards at halftime. When you go into a game and that's and you, and you don't perform going into the game at a big spot like that in a playoff game, that's not necessarily – is that, like, nerves? Is that just bad, you know, bad preparation leading into it? What is that? It's bad football, really. I, I don't know what it is. I don't think it's going to be preparation, right? Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn aren't going to yeah. leave you unprepared going into a game like that. So it's, it's, it comes down to execution. And I think it was one of the things that, that, that Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart were talking about during that game is CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott are not in sync right now. Uh, how do you get out of sync? After like a record-setting yeah. season between right? yeah. the two of them. Both of them. Both of them. How, why in that moment are you guys not seeing, seeing, seeing things the same way? So, you know, it, it, there was just so many things that happened in that game that were unexplainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest thing to go right to Mike McCarthy, to go right to Dak Prescott. Take a step back and look. It was it was everywhere. It was everywhere that day. Moose Johnson here on the fan. Where are you when it comes to Dak in the future and extending him and having him be the guy versus he just can't get it done in the postseason? Time to move on. Where do you stand with Dak as the future quarterback? I think you have to take a long, hard look at this one. He's had opportunities. I really thought the biggest one that he let slip through his fingers was last year in the divisional round against San Francisco. Down eight with the ball in your hand. It was three of the worst plays. And then that that fourth play to Ezekiel Elliott was, I mean, that was, I mean, what is that? Yeah. So I I just, I, I think that there has to be a look at what you want the future to be because we see what happens to these teams when you sign that contract. When that contract goes out, to the quarterback, and all of a sudden now you've got you've already got sal- salary cap issues in Dallas to begin with. You've got big signings coming up. Um, you've got to weigh everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Will McClay's got to look out to that future and say, okay, who's coming down the road that we have to have 
moving forward on a big contract. Micah Parsons is going to command a huge salary. And what Nick Bosa did last year, that, that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch the conversation about. And then you're talking about a quarterback on top of that. You're, you're going to have to, the more you sign players to those types of deals, the more important it is for you to have those guys perform in those yeah. big moments. And if they're not performing in those big moments, can you afford to shrink your cap down to three, four, five guys and then play with a, a, a supporting cast that you may have concerns about? You know, there around here there's been a lot of discussion from fans, analysts, everybody else just trying to go like, why with how consistently good for the most part Dallas has been over 27 years? I mean, they've had some down periods, but generally they've been one of the better teams in the NFC over that time period. How they've just had this string where they cannot get it done in the postseason. A lot of people lately seem to be shifting it to, hey, this is just kind of a circus over here, and it's really tough to focus on the things that matter in relation to football with the circus. Obviously, you spent your whole career here, but now kind of like traveling around, seeing different facilities during the week, doing prep, and and kind of seeing how other teams run and function. Is it that much different? Is it that radically different here in Dallas compared to the other stops around the NFL? Yeah, it's very different in Dallas. Um, I I think one of the the things you hear, we talked about Philadelphia right before we came on air, um, and and you'll hear Jalen Hurts say, keep the main thing the main thing. What is the main thing in Dallas? That's the question that you have to answer. What is your main thing? Uh, is it football? Is it winning championships? Is it the brand? You know, what is the main thing? And if you're keeping the main thing the main thing, then great. That's what you have to do. But I think a lot of people feel that football has to be the main thing, and maybe maybe football is not the main thing. And is that as as having those sideshows or, or, or having it to where it's sideshows is a bad word, but that, that struggle. Distra- yeah, with distractions, right? Distractions. We, we distract- talk about it during the year. Yeah. You know, you, you don't want to have any distractions. When you are creating distractions, <laughs> They're hard enough to deal with when they just pop up. When you create distractions, and not only a distraction, but what would we what would we call a distraction on a daily basis? When distractions become routine, mm-hmm. now now it's hard. It's very very challenging for the players. Moose, uh, we're trying to fill Dan Quinn's spot. Uh, they reportedly just interviewed Rex Ryan, or we just found out about it. Rex Ryan, Mike Zimmer, Ron Rivera, Wink Martindale from within. What are your thoughts on some of the potential fits? I uh, love Wink Martindale. Um, I, I think Wink Martindale's defense fits the personnel that, that Dallas has right now. I mean, we all know Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is awesome. Um, plays it a little bit different than Wink does. Um, Rex Ryan's been away from the game for a while, so, you know, what, what is, how does that weigh into this whole, this whole scenario? Uh, Ron Rivera is, is one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet. Um, but as a defensive-minded head coach and, and bringing in Jack Del Rio, and you had those four guys up front, how did you not do more damage defensively during the course of the time? So, you know, nobody's going to be the perfect fit. There's some good, and there's some questions with everybody that you just brought up on that list. Uh, you know, but but for me, I think one of the more intriguing ones would be is is Wink Martindale because of the way he plays his scheme, the the pieces that are already in place for Dallas. You You have to be smart to play in Wink Martindale's defense. So if, if they feel that they can, they can do that, that's where, that's where guys get, get home. It, it, we talked about it with Jim Johnson, right? And that's, that's one of the reasons I, I, I would lean towards Ron Rivera. Jim Johnson was the hardest defensive coordinator that we played against back in our day. And we always laughed. There, there's going to be a free runner to the quarterback at some point, and how quickly can you adjust? And then how quickly is he on to the next way to get another free runner after your quarterback? Um, and, and that kind of comes off of that tree. That, that's when you know you've got a really good – defensive coach is when you see free guys coming at your quarterback because he's doing something that you didn't expect or he's found a way to break down your protection that you were not aware of. 
What do you see as some of the, the roster needs that the Cowboys should address in the offseason? I don't think you can ever have enough dominant edge rushers uh, when you see what, what Micah was able to do when, when he has somebody that you have to worry about that's out mm. there with him. Um, I think you've got to kind of figure out exactly what you want him to be. Is he a stack linebacker? He's an edge guy. You know, what, what do you want his role to be? Where does, he, where does he give the defense the best opportunity to be successful and be one of those guys that, that can disrupt the game? So uh, th- there's a lot of things that they have to answer internally. I'd like to see him get a little bit bigger at the second level. I know the linebacker position is very undervalued now, um, but you're starting to see teams, when we get to playoff football, we hear it all the time, you know, everybody, we got to be able to establish the running game. And I think that that was one of the weak things. I think Buffalo exposed Dallas late in the season that you can get out there and run the football against these guys and control control the clock, keep Dak and keep CD and keep all those guys on the offensive side of the ball off the field. Um, you know, that's how you do it. And, and that's they, they've got to find out what they want to be as an offensive identity and, and start moving towards that way and, and be consistent all through the year. Is Micah too small, like, to, to, to not wear down at the end of the year, like in the postseason? I don't know if he's too small. I, I just... You know, I, I think you've got him doing a lot. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's another guy that's like that. He plays, like, what, 96% of the snaps. Um, and, you know, are you going to wear yourself down and break yourself down? Because you carry stuff from season to season. I mean, you, you start your yeah. first year and you're here, and then you're just uh, you're trying to maintain that whole way. You, you just never want to drop during the course of the year. And that's, that's one of the areas where I think the NFL is making a mistake. They're not allowing the players to be around their facilities long enough to make sure that their bodies are ready for the physical contact and the physical stress that they're going to apply for the next 24 weeks through the month of January. So I, I would like to see the NFL loosen restrictions and allow the guys to start training a little bit harder in their facility. Not, not in South Florida, not in Arizona. Come to the facility with your players, with your strength coach, and train. I think that that's where we separated ourselves. We have Mike Wojcik as our strength coach. There's been two teams that have won two, three Super Bowls in four years. Mike was the strength coach for both of them. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think it's the way he does stuff. And those teams were healthier, stronger, and angrier at the end of the season. Broadcaster Daryl Moose Johnson here on 105.3 The Fan. Your broadcasting advice for Tom Brady. I'm talking about from like an X's and O's standpoint. What was hard for you to pick up on or learn or get adjusted to while calling games, person in your ear, cameras, the TV business? Can you give uh, pieces of information that are interesting and help people learn and build a passion for the game in the short amount of time that you have? You know, it's easy on radio. We can sit here and we can get into details and we can talk a little bit longer. But football moves very quick. It moves quicker every year with the pace of play. Uh, in the style of offense that we see in the NFL, can you be good at, at sharing your knowledge with the fans and be concise in a short amount of time? Let's talk about the UFL. Uh, yeah. did, you were telling me a couple weeks ago, you're like, we need to ask Moose about future GM role with as much involvement as you have had in a lot of these other leagues. So let's talk about what's going on with this. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, spring football is, is something that's out there that I think everybody wants to see succeed. Uh, we tried it in the Alliance of American Football in 2019. We tried XFL 2020. Uh, USFL came on board uh, in 22. Um, made it through a season for the first time in 40 years. Crowned a champion. Uh, last year, it was us and the XFL, and we both went through the season, and we both crowned champions. Um, it was hard for one league to do it, so just think how hard it's going to be for two. Uh, so I think the fact that we've merged gives us the sustainability 
to keep spring football alive. And I think it is actually, it, it's upgraded the talent that's going to be in our league next year. You had 16 teams fighting over all the talent that was out there. Uh, as spring alternative leagues, uh, a different path to the NFL, now down to eight. Um, so th- there's, there's going to be more talent on the field. Um, I think it's going to be competitive. We blended coaching staffs. Uh, we're, we're getting interest now where we have people calling us to mm. ask us if they can be a part of the UFL. And it's, it's names you would recognize. So that shows that there's, there's validity in what we're doing. And every single week this fall when I was on location doing a game, whether it was Mike Tomlin, whether it was Kyle Shanahan, every coach I talked to, hey, how's the merger going? Everything going well in the spring league? We need you guys to succeed. This is something that's very important. We don't have the time up here to really get into the detail and get these guys reps at practice speed or at game speed. Um, even when you go to a joint practice and training camp, which is where most of these guys are going to get that opportunity, it's not what it's like in a game. So for us to be able to provide an opportunity for these guys in a non-traditional route back to the NFL uh, is something that where game speed is are the reps that they have to have. What do you think is the biggest challenge or challenges? Like, what's what's a what's a bold-faced problem in terms of getting even more of the country to buy in and become obsessed with it in the spring um, with some of the ups and downs that these leagues have had? I think really a little bit with the spring is where is that sweet spot where we let the NFL finish their Super Bowl and give enough time to create that appetite for the football fan to want to rejoin. Uh, then you've got to go up against the NCAA tournament. Then you've got to go up against the Masters. So there's a couple of iconic sports events in the spring that you're going to have to deal with. And you have to be comfortable rating-wise that if we're playing on Masters weekend, our ratings might not be as good. If we're playing during the first week of the NCAA tournament, our ratings might not be as good. Um, Once you get beyond, in my opinion, week one of the NCAA tournament, I think then the games kind of start to spread out and we can find some windows in there to have our broadcasts go on air where we're not in direct competition. So I think we've just got to be real creative and just keep it front of mind for everybody and, and have great stories to tell. And we do. You know, we've got Kevante Turpin. We've got Brandon Aubrey. I mean, we've got two in Dallas that are, I mean, they're fairy tales. Yeah. I mean, the guy played right. soccer. He was doing a corporate job, and then he, his wife tells him you should try kicking, and the next thing you know, he's, he's battling against Justin Tucker in a game of tic-tac-toe on Pro Bowl week. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Moose Johnson here on 105 Through the Fan. Last one. Did you have similar, like, GM aspirations as Aikman? How, how much interest did you have in that field? Aikman got his from me. Don't, don't put him ahead. Don't put him ahead. I was the go. first. I was the first broadcaster. I was the first league guy. He's following in my footsteps. That's right. Copycat that's, league. That's right. Yeah. Copycat league. Hey man, thank you so much for sitting. Fullbacks down. always lead. Always remember. Oh, there we go. What a line to end it on. There's the moose in the A number one air hot seat on the home of the Cowboys. I will apologize to Mike. Bassick yeah. what's up, man? And figure out how Mikey feels mm-hmm. about this Mavericks trade rumor on deadline day next on Sean and RJ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sean, RJ, and Bobby brought to you by the Low T Center and Best Buy Windows and Siding. And sitting down, a guy that I have to uh, have to apologize to because I mocked and sarcastically laughed at his suggestions on yesterday's seafood buffet when Mike Bassick said, I'm going to attack the lobster, and I'm going to go. I said, stop. There ain't no lobster on this buffet. I've never seen lobster on a buffet. We're not no comprende. Now, it wasn't whole lobsters in there or anything, but there were lobster claws. And, Mike, I said this morning, and you see if you could back me up. If you like seafood, if you like seafood, that's the greatest buffet that I've had in my entire life. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Now, I've never been to the other 14 major hotels here that have buffets yeah. for 100 bucks. Everyone keeps saying win, the wind's better. I went uh, to the one bo- with Amanda a couple years ago that was one of those high expensive ones. It compared nothing to last night. Okay. No, nothing at all. And by the way, it was $85. At Caesars, is it called Bacchanal? Bacchanal, Bacchanal. Bacchanal. Yeah, the, uh, the, I, I don't remember the win one. I've never been to that one. The Bellagio one I've been to, that's tremendous. But it's been 10 years. I have no idea what it's like now. You know, th- these these hotels, they change over so much yeah. over time. You feel like you did your damage? Yeah, your I, I would say this. Well, yes and no. Everything's way more expensive in Vegas. So it was a good buffet. Don't get me wrong. But that's probably a $50 buffet. But in Vegas, you kind of have to times it, uh, if not times two, maybe a little less than two. But if I were to be with, let's say, my wife, I would rather go to a restaurant and sit down and order a meal Mm -hmm. for, let's say, about $100 a person than go to a buffet. But it was was great. I don't want to knock it at all. I had a good time. I ate quite a bit. But my opinion would be, like, if you're not like a super eater, yeah. like, and you can have a really nice steak or a really nice lobster with a couple sides, I would say that might be worth, worth it more than paying a hundred bucks for that. You give me your perspective uh, down at your end of the table. Um, my perspective: Choppy came out of the gates fast. The whole station went to the seafood first. It seemed right. it was a smart approach. Choppy came out of the gates fast with the monster seafood plate, uh, but then he stalled. His tire had a lower PSI than our vehicle out here. <laughs> and the yeah. nosebleeds with Eric and Zach passed Choppy and took home the win. Zach Wolchuk came back with a plate of just sides. Yeah. And I was like, you're not going to – that's going to ruin you. Yeah, that's it gonna, was starchy too. It was star- It was mac and cheese. I don't know if I'm not Mashed potatoes, Mashed cream potatoes, spinach. Cream spinach. And I said, that's going to put you in the ground. You yeah. won't touch it. 
and he almost finished the plate. It yeah. was impressive. Wow. And then you were next to Chiafalo. Yeah, he. I thought Chiafalo. I was near Broadus and Chiafalo, and then Zach was close enough that I could see. I feel like Eric ate the most. Yes. What is it? He must just have a metabolism that's insane. He's, well, how old he's is eating he? wings out here every single day. He's, he's only he's, he's not thirty years old. No, he's yeah, 29. He's, he's younger. He's taller, right? So you can you can you Stretch can spread it. it out a little bit more. But still. Um, but yeah, he he of course and like you know, but the the youth is is big. I'll brag about myself here. I after get I got done eating. I did lose forty bucks. I went and played craps and lost forty bucks in about oh. thirty minutes. Then I was like, "That's enough." Like I'm going into the poorhouse because of this. Uh, I went. Where are you with your allotment? I'm you probably don't... down fifty dollars now oh. for the. Oh, that's great! For the week. winning. And then uh, I went to the workout center and got in thirty minutes of elliptical. You're, you're son of a. You're because yeah. I was like Last that was night? a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was like that was a lot of food, and I'm not sleepy because uh-huh. I took a nap. That was a lot of food, and so I was like, "Let me go." If I'm not gonna go to sleep. I don't want to just lay in this bed and do nothing. Yep. I'll go to the gym and get on the elliptical and watch college basketball highlights. That's not the worst gym that you could you, you bend. I was, I was there yesterday. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not about for the just gym. Cardio. It's about the food going to a bu- gym after a buffet, yeah, that's which a little no bit one much. in the world does. That's a little bit much. Overachiever or like that. But what happened? Oh, you know what Ruben did last night after the buffet? No. Won a grand. Really? $1,000 he won on the slot machine. Really? Yeah. Filled out the taxes and the paperwork. That's Knuckle awesome, balls. buddy. Yeah. Filled out everything. That is awesome. Making yeah. it rain out here. And he's going to get some piercings, ear piercings, that he decided on before we even went to dinner. At our- had a couple Palomas. Had a couple Mike Bassick Palomas. Going to get both ears pierced. At at the, at, in, in our hotel where they do Let's the tattoos? See. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get his ears pierced. He's, uh, I, he's trying to catch up to DJ's. I think the other day I could have got Corey. I didn't go home with him after the media party. I think I could have, how drunk he was, I think we could have walked into that tattoo parlor and got, like, a tattoo. Really? Would you, got, would Not you have me. matching? I wouldn't have got a tattoo, but I think I could have convinced Corey in that moment to get a tattoo. Like, the TX on my Rangers yeah. hat or the old T, I was like, I think Corey – could possibly I could have talked him into getting like the Rangers T like on the upper part of his shoulder. Yeah, you. I don't know who's less likely to get a tattoo over me or you because I have absolutely zero desire ever yeah. to get one. I, I'm not opposed to people who have tattoos. I think you're you're like that too. But I just don't see. I can't see myself liking ink on my body the rest of my life. I think I would get tired. Whatever I had, I think eventually it's really cool. I don't know when does that coolness wear off after five years? Are you like? I mean, it's there, but it doesn't, you know, uh, that would be me with a tattoo. Corey? I, I didn't want to come away, Sean, with a Mike Tyson face tattoo, so I'm glad Mike didn't try to set me up that way. Awesome. But I could, I would, a big T like that for the Rangers after winning the World Which Series. Which T would you get? The first T, the second T, or, the new, or the new TX? The Man, I like that one a lot. Uh, but probably uh, probably the first one. Uh, just go old school with it. How much would we have to pay you to get the low T-centered logo tattooed on it? <laughs> a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Okay, let's start crowdsourcing this. Corey, uh, how are you feeling this morning? Better. Okay. Yeah, better. better. Yes. So yesterday, I mean, Corey, I got to give it up. I mean, you talk about fighting through things. He showed up to the little mini happy hour. He wasn't going to have a drink. And then while walking to the buffet, 
man down. Oh, yeah. 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 Man down. Yeah. He took a fall down the steps. I misstepped on a, on the bottom <laughs> stair. I'll, I'll give him this. I was okay. looking, like, over here, and I stepped and just went. In our hotel? So, no, no, uh, at, no, at Caesars. So the steps we went down, it was, a, it was a carpet and then a white floor, and it had a small brown strip on the first step, no strip on the next step, and then a brown strip on the next one after that. I think he he didn't pick up on the fact, because he's getting old, that he couldn't see the differentiation between the white and the white, and he missed the second step. I yeah. was talking to Wolchuk, and he was back and to the left, uh, JFK. Wow. And uh, and he, he was standing, like, right there, and I kind of turned over my shoulder and was, was saying something to him and going down the steps at the same time and just thought that there was more floor. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's what, Cho- what Choppy's saying. I didn't even him. see the brown line. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, toenail felt a little weird. I got a little scrape on the arm. Look at that. Uh, what did we ask? What was more bruised? His body ego. or his ego? My ego was definitely more bruised he after that situation. Ego. And then he eats the buffet, and then I was like, all right, I'm out of here. You guys go to the speakeasy. Me brought us. Boom. Corey immediately gets up, bolts to the hotel. We finally catch him at the stoplight as he was just gone. Did you make a beeline straight to the room? I So when we saw me. Kristen, uh, and we, we said hi to her, and she looked like she was ready for the night. Yes. She was ready to rock last night. And I was like, all right, well, where's Bobby? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. And so I'm, I'm like walking, and I see Bobby sitting at the thing. And I'm like, Bobby, your wife's literally right there. I'm waving my arms. I'm like, hey, he's here. Nobody saw anything. And then eventually okay. he saw her and took off. Which, by the way, I we didn't even mention today that Kristen had texted uh, uh, her outfit to Amanda to, like, get a, a review and then send her a shot of what I was wearing because I refused to even put jeans on. And Amanda's uh, description of the night was that Kristen looked like a hottie and I looked like a naughty. So that's, yeah. that's my ego N-A-U-G-H-T-Y? No, N-O-T-T-I-E. Have you noticed the women outside of the link on the kind of, I'd say, the main strip? Are you talking the about between the link and Harrah's? The yeah, lady dressed like just, Mickey Mouse? Well, some of them are just wearing, what do they call pasties. those? Pasties. pasties. Stars. Like, hey, you want a picture of Stars. me? Yeah. And it's just amazing to me, like, what happens in Vegas just on the street in public, that there's just women pretty much naked. You should just ask him. What are you trying to cover up there? What is that? And say, show, what, I guess that you would get a ticket as as long as your nipples aren't showing. It's, a, it's the dumbest thing in the world because it, I can take my shirt off and show my nipples. It, but it is. It I is agree. Right now. I agree. Right? Women should be allowed. To. Absolutely. What or the hell? We what's the difference? Have to cover up one of the two. Yeah. What's, what's the, the difference? difference? Yeah. Well, it's Process, that, it's that right we now. act like a bunch of horn there dogs when we see it, and they don't. They're like, okay, put a shirt on. So, so what happened? I to mean, my nipples are sexy. Like people look at my nipples, like, oh my god, look at this. I, love I think them. it's somebody out there finds them attractive. They don't play with them ever, but whatever. What happened to the speakeasy plan? You had the, your whole Carmen San Diego clue set up, and now you want to go. And I was I was dragging. <laughs> I was dragging. I knew I had I I was able to do one thing. I could either go to the speakeasy or go to the blackjack table, and I wanted to gamble because you couldn't go to the bathroom. Did you but win? I did. I won. I won twenty bucks. Okay. He I was, was, not I was down. He tried to go forty. Dude, to I thought four. I couldn't remember what it was. I, so I was it was four the- chips, and I was like, well, I got to do my math. I, I knew it was not going well when the other guy who sat down at the end of the table, we were watching him from afar. That other guy went like this at one point and chopped like. Put his head down and looked like he was just about to like punch somebody. He was just like dropping his chips. He did not yep. look happy. I was mad. I was I was getting I was getting worked on some on some garbage twenty ones that she was pulling. But I made a nice recovery. Uh, so I think I'm gonna try to do the speakeasy to, uh, today at some point tonight because you have to follow clues in Caesars. You got to start at the fountain. 
Then you got to walk outside to a sign. Then you got to look to your right, and you got to spot this sign. Then that you got to look. Fun. And sounds then you got to find dumb. it it's between hedges. Like, I want to. I want to try this. I want to check this thing out. It's like, I, gotta, I think it's cool. To, like, do you like escape rooms? I got a better idea. Ready? Here's my here's my strategy. Sleep. You sit down and you go. I want a drink. And then they bring you the drink. Or uh, do it on a Ferris wheel, you too. Know, versus getting out I can my, do that in my I kitchen. Magnifying lens in cool. my GPS. It's, it's, like, it's like a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, like yeah. I found a bar. Hey, you, you haven't been able to find Frank Sinatra way. How are you going to find the speakeasy following clues this <laughs> up street to Frank's dead? Well, I'll tell Frank you what. Dead, this like morning, trying to get an Uber and trying to figure out where to get picked up at our hotel because they have the raging rapids yeah. in our in our <laughs> yeah. parking lot. Yeah. Venice. Like, it took me 20 minutes to walk around again. Do, if yeah. I was by myself here, I'd be screwed. I have, to, yeah. I, I have to travel with someone. I have to be with mm. someone. If I didn't meet you guys downstairs before dinner, I never yeah. would have made it. I'm Ray Charles finding this stuff. I got here early, Corey, and then they had 17 interviews recorded. So you just sat here with them. Yeah, huh? just sat here. Hey. Boo freaking who? Tell to Kevin Mike. So now I'm going to get an email get from our boss saying, "Hey, you didn't fulfill your duty." You're right here. I've talked okay. to Spittle. He's in a great mood. Great show by us. The number six team in the country. Uh, and oh no, you guys didn't beat G Bag. Well, crosstalk. Oh, what did G Bag get? Ten. Okay. Ten. Yeah, but I tell you what, freaking if you ten. add in the mid markets, I bet we wouldn't even be as high as twelve. Crosstalk with KMC <laughs> is next. But let me get you set up at GiveMeTheVin.com. Now is the time to sell your car, truck, or exotic. Give me the Vin is buying, and the car market is nuts. So if you're thinking of selling your vehicle, you better do it soon, as prices may never be the same. GiveMeTheVin.com has selling your vehicle in a simple, fast, and easy way. They have thousands of top-rated Google and Facebook reviews, so here's all you have to do. Log on to GiveMeTheVin.com, put in your VIN number and a couple of pics, and get ready to be rocked because they are America's best car buyer. And if GiveMeTheVin.com can't beat your CarMax offer, they'll pay you $100. GiveMeTheVin offers amazing customer service and a hassle-free selling process. It's a 60-second bid, pressure-free service, and free pickup. So click on GiveMeTheVin.com and get your check on the spot because selling your car, truck, or exotic has never been easier than at GiveMeTheVin.com, America's best car buyer. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is time to cross talk with the KMC Masterpiece from here at Radio Row, brought to you by the Low T Center and A Number One Air, Kevin Hagelin, Mikey Bassick, and Corey Majors. Good morning, fellas. What's coming up on the program? Guys, Steve Largen at 1030, Sean Marion 1130, and then... Wait, wait, Sean who? Merriman. Merriman, a uh, good friend of ours. Did you prefer that or Marion? I did say Marion, I think. I so. think for today, Merriman. 
Okay. Yeah, he's good. General Marion. Uh, Luke Keekley at noon. Warren Sapp at 12.15. And Kellen oh. Winslow Sr. at 12.23. He's a soldier. And then Tony Pollard at he's 1 o'clock. <laughs> Tony oh, Pollard. He's in jail, right? Yeah. Right? If I ask I this died. real question to Sean Merriman, oh, no. how do you think it would go if I said, how much do you think steroids helped you? And how much do you think it hurt you once you couldn't do it because you had tested positive for it? It's a great question. Like, I, I would really want to know that without being a – I'm not trying to be a D. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, like, for, for real, like, we've seen guys in baseball on it, unbelievable, off of it, go back to who they were for most of their career. Like, I would want to know, like, if he yeah. had to do it all over again, would he say it was worth it because I got drafted in the first round, yeah. had a good contract, I've set up my family for life because of – my football career slash steroids helped? Or would he just say, I wish I would have never done it. I think I would have been as good without it. I don't know. Great question. Uh, Warren Sapp, buckle up. You don't know what that could be. And how big of an issue do you all think the Tony Pollard thing, wa- thing was from yesterday of not knowing that Dan Quinn was in D.C. until Pat McAfee show told him? I mean, he's probably looking for his new team. He's yep. not going to be on this team. so yeah, He's disconnected from this thing right now, man. I- his agent's probably the only connection he has with the Cowboys. Here's what I wonder. I barely knew the hitting coaches. Like, I mean, I can remember who my hitting coaches were for the most part, but you're not going to – like, I know Rudy Harmio was the hitting coach when I was with the Rangers, but Rudy and my dad grew up together. Well, For the most part, <laughs> I'm not going to know the hitting coach because I'm not dealing with him. I'm dealing with my pitching coach. I'm dealing with my manager. I'm dealing with the bullpen coach. Yeah. So but I'm just would wondering, somebody in the bullpen tell you that the hitting coach got – like, 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 yeah, yeah, but you're in the bullpen. Yeah, wouldn't you know, though, like, like after a week, like if he got one of 30 manager jobs in Major League I, Baseball? I think you guys look at it from the perspective that you care about sports. Most athletes Pay don't kid. care about sports in general. Like, they don't know. I guarantee you, I said this to Corey yesterday after hearing this. If you ask Micah Parsons, what's the salary cap in the NFL? He's about to, he's about to ask for 30-plus million dollars. I bet he doesn't even know there is a salary cap in the NFL. Like, he would have no clue that there's actually a payment thing and that you can only go to a certain level. You can manipulate. Like, he has no clue. Most guys have no clue. I remember talking to Marlon Bird about one of his free agent years, and he's like, honestly, Mike, I don't even know. I don't even – like, my agent just calls me up and says I'm signing with this team and going somewhere. Some guys are just like that. Tony Pollard probably – is going to have nothing to do with free agency. His agent is going to call him up and tell him, "I just signed you to this team. You're going there on a three-year deal." Is uh, like, do you think most like baseball players can tell you who's in what division? Fifty percent. Wow. Fifty-fifty. Yeah, when Jake Plummer was sitting down an hour ago, I. He barely knew he played in that game. He barely knew he was here. Oh, like, no. I do wonder, like, uh, just kind of in the same vein that Mike's talking about. He was cool. When he plumbers was, was. are done plumbing uh, for the day, do they go home and say, can't wait to plumb some more? Uh, when electricians are done electricianing, yeah. they say, can't wait to go do more of that today. I mean, every catcher, Mike, you, you were like, hey, do you want to go do a bullpen? They're like, no, probably not, but I guess I have to. Like, that's any spare time they probably spend doing other things. And I feel like Pollard was just like, season's over. Scram. See you later. I'll, I'll, whenever, I'll pick it up. I'm going to go see family, do whatever else. Today is trade deadline day. Kevin Hagan, I would love to hear your Dallas Maverick need issues and the uh, response to the rumor from Woj that the Mavericks are talking to the Hornets about P.J. Washington. We do have a deal done. The Pacers are trading Buddy Heald to the Sixers 
for Marcus Morris, uh, three second round picks, but the latest Mavs rumor, in addition to what, Kyle Kuzma, in addition to Bobby Portis, uh, in addition to what other Wiggins. Uh, Wiggins yeah. is P.J. Washington. Yeah, I've heard they uh, think P.J. Washington is pretty great with that asking price. Uh, Kuzma and Portis probably make more sense. What's the price supposed to be? I mean, I heard they want a first-round pick, which is madness to me. But yeah. I'd be more interested in the other two. And then, like, I see the appeal of Wiggins, or I know some people tried to float out Caruso. I don't think that's going to happen. But you need somebody who can rebound. You need some size. And those first two make sense to me. You excited? I don't think the Mavericks should do anything. You're so limited in assets in the future. You're going to have to trade. You'll, you'll be set till 2029. If you trade a first-round pick, you literally are screwed till about 2029 to make a major move. If you just do nothing today, and I'm not saying all these things will open up in the offseason, you'd have Hardaway Jr., you'd have Holmes, you would have multiple first-round picks. So you'd have now... $30 million approximately in expiring contracts, and you would have two first-round picks to use to improve your team. If you trade a first-round pick to, let's say, Brooklyn, because there's Dorian Finney-Smith supposedly is on oh the God, table for them. First for them. Like, if they do that, then you have very little room to grow the rest of the team. You've decided, all right, our team is Dorian Finney-Smith and – Luca and Lively and Kyrie, and we have to win a championship with these guys because we're done with first-round pick trading. We're done with having any salary cap room at all. You can mid-level exception a guy here and there, which is Grant Williams. That's the market for mid-level exception guys. So I, I'm in a weird place where I know this team isn't good enough, yeah. but I don't want to add to it because I think you can maybe make a bigger move in the offseason to help this thing out. I'd yeah. love Wendell Carter Jr. If you got Wendell Carter Jr. and Dorian Finney-Smith, today i would say hey this team has a chance to make some noise in the playoffs and it has a chance to do something better next year but i don't even know if you have enough assets to do those two things right now yeah it's some, something middling would be uh, and that's a word i've created uh something middling would be too costly for this team right now uh, it's going to cost too much to do something that's not going to get you there you have to do something massive and splash yeah. it's going to be a big move that can make you a champion and that's there's nothing for them that the mavericks can do yeah. they need to they need to earn Rather than spin, I'm not interested in role players. Like, I, they're they're important. This team isn't good enough for it to be in, to be important enough. I've thought about this too. Is because Kyrie's only going to play 40 to 50 games a year, most likely the rest of his career. That's just where he's at. Do you need to make Kyrie kind of your third, yeah. not third best player, because he is great when he plays. He's great. He's a top 20 player in the league when he plays. But knowing that he's going to miss 30 to 50% of your games, it's kind of like you can't rely on him to get you 50 to 60 wins where you kind of need to be to secure that spot to make a deep run in the playoffs. So I'm kind of with you, RJ, like maybe Dorian Finney-Smith and Wendell Carter Jr., even though needed role players, maybe you have to go into the offseason and go, can we make Kyrie more of our third best guy because – Luke is going to need a guy more for 72 games to really help him out. Did you see another show last night? I did. What? Matt Matt Franco, the <gasps> magician. I billboard everywhere. Yeah, and so he. Is that the one that Lisa Ann got arrested at? No, that's not right. Not right. That's comedian. Quite the difference. Yeah. <laughs> he won America's Got Talent several years ago, and I had watched that with Brandon, and so it was really fun. 
Last night was good. Yes, yes. Okay. It wasn't as good as Cirque du Soleil, but it was very fun. You're not trying to get into the sphere for you two? You too. Yeah. <laughs> They're a band. Gross. Oh, what's wrong with <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's, he's not going to like Bono's politics. Every single person show. I'm here talking out here, uh, Jay Glazer told us, you too. It's Dana like, White, you too. Who told us the other? Your your buddy told us that. Uh, Nick had told us, like, the minimum seat is like 500 bucks to get you into too? that show. Yeah. yeah. They, oh, they, they went to a live performance. We were watching the, the Grammys, and uh, they go inside this fear to you too. And Amanda goes, Who asked for this? Like she, she goes every time you two comes up, I ask myself, who, whoever asked for this? I mean, why is this being continued to be like? Were they on were us? they on the iPod, the phone? Where did they have to that everyone wanted to yeah. delete? Their I mean, they album? are one of the most followed bands ever. You think? Still? I think they suck. I don't like them at wow. all. Wow! I don't. I don't I think find fine. I like a couple songs yeah. a lot. Yeah. Joshua Tree is a classic album. But like they are like from. I mean, they have obviously their demographic. Sure. Sure. But like in that demographic, they're just one of the most followed bands. Obviously, they're selling out every night at five hundred bucks a pop. I watched a documentary on them recently, well. and uh, it was David Letterman. Kind of uh, was the guy running them through it and everything. I thought it was really interesting. I never was a huge U two fan, but I had a little more respect for like their story behind that afterwards. Were you guys mad that you missed the guy climbing the sphere yesterday? Was it real? On? Yeah, yes, was that wasn't just something that was like a uh, you know digitally put onto the sphere oh, or. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Did you see no. what he was doing it for? Corey Holland. Awareness for for pregnant homeless women, or excuse me, people. He, okay. So, <laughs> so he was able to Jeez, Kevin. like get attention for that. Oh God, <laughs> folks. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I, well, I think if he tweets out a link, people will. Someone will do. Yeah. It. How, sure. about, how about start a GoFundMe instead of just. Hopping up on the sphere. How like, did he climb that? He though? just proved like, the Simpsons right, didn't he? Because didn't that Homer do that in the movie where he climbed up the dome and got up to the top? Predicted something else. That's another thing they've predicted. <laughs> okay, final night here. What is on the to-do list? What are you trying to cross off? I would love if anybody wanted to go to the water Cirque du Soleil at the Bellagio, but I'm open for suggestions. Have you gone to Absinthe? I've the, heard that's the, the one, man. Yeah. The, the Cirque? Yeah, I've heard. That's like know. the adult one, I think. It's oh. like they, I have. If they don't. They're not. They're not naked. It's not like it's a strip right. show, but like they have like adult like. Uh, it's like what you see walking down the. No, the no, 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 no. Like they're. Uh, not, I don't even say the content is, but like the language they use, and oh. they get the audience involved. Apparently, I, I've heard it's really, really good. Okay. Anyone else? Oh, Mr. Ross Tucker. <laughs> hey, Hello, Hello, sir. Mr. Michael Hello, Parsons. Sir. I might go see you. the uh, the Dead Sign Museum after the show today. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of that. It's a it's just a bunch of dead signs. The dead signs. Yeah, all the old Vegas signs. They put them in this like lot mm. out there, and it's kind of like a little walkthrough session out there. So I'm gonna okay. do that probably after the show. It Michael opens at two. Anything? I gotta cut a soda commercial. Okay. Oh my god, <laughs> that ought to take a while. Half your day. And Roberto, you have some liquor to drink that was just delivered oh, to you. Oh yeah, we're all gonna try this. You're gonna, I'm gonna Ooh. make y'all all try this Bundy rum from Australia. It's apparently oh. notorious for making you fight because of the sugar content oh. that's in it. Oh, and perfect. we just fought even before having it. Exactly. So. Well, no, this will make us physically fight, okay. not just yell at each other. Cool. Coming up so. tomorrow, Merrill Hodge on y'all show, I think. <sighs> uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. I'm excited for y'all. <laughs> You want some Tim Tams? Emmett Smith will join us as well. Yes, he will. We're back tomorrow morning with more tales. The KMC Masterpiece. Think Emmett will admit Dak's not good enough? Everybody has on this radio. No, Emmett will probably fight us over Zeke still. Uh. He lost that (laughs) argument two years ago. He wants Troy Hamburg Zeke was the missing power force for the Cowboys. We'll talk about it with Emmett tomorrow. KMC is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.